Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. Please also subscribe to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. I use Pocket Cast myself for Android. Uh, while you're there, please also rate and review the show. It would be very much appreciated. Also, please tell your Bruins loving friends and family members about the podcast. Today on the show, we'll recap last night's uh, shutout victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. Open up the mailbag. And then also, uh, as we do every day, look at some stories making waves around, uh, around the league. But real quick here first, let me tell you a bit about DoorDash, where you can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, Locked On Boston Ruins listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. If you're listening on the go and you can't download the app, you can find this and all of their offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Now here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, I've been talking all season long about how lucky the Bruins are to have two elite uh, yeah, I'd say elite uh, starting level goaltenders at the very least, we'll say. Last night, it was Yaroslav Holak who got the call against the very talented Carolina Hurricanes. It was his 500th career NHL game. The 34-year-old stopped all 24 shots he faced for his 49th career shutout in the Bruins' 2-0 win at home against uh, the Hurricanes, who, of course, they beat last uh, spring in the Eastern Conference Finals. Bruins have now won eight in a row, became the first team in the NHL to reach 20 wins on the season. Um, Bruce Cassidy kind of echoed what I've been saying. Uh, obviously, he knows more than I do about this, uh, as he's the head coach, <laughs> and I'm just a lowly podcast host. Uh, but he said... In my opinion, Halak is a number one goalie in this league. He's proven that. He plays great for us, gives us a chance to win every night. For a coach, for players out there, knowing it doesn't matter who goes in the net, you're going to get quality goaltending, give us a chance to win, and more every night. I think the guys are really happy for Yarrow, Cassidy added. He's a guy that battles in practice too for the guys, and he takes those extra shots when he needs to. I thought he was real good tonight. Of course, the only puck that went into the net for the Hurricanes was uh, through the side of the net, uh, an inside job, as I like to call it, uh, as Jacob Slavin uh, made a great defensive play at one end of the ice, brought the puck up, uh, backhanded it on net, looked like he had somehow beaten Halak, who looked to have had the post covered, and then upon further inspection, there was a hole in the net uh, that was repaired at second intermission. Um so yeah, stopped all 24 shots for the uh, shutout. And he and Tugarask are now both top five in the NHL in save percentage. Darcy Kemper leads the league at 936. Halak is now second, tied with 
uh, Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets at 9.34. And Tuka Rask is slightly behind at 9.33. The signing of Halak uh, two summers ago to a two-year contract worth $2.75 million. Seems like uh, just a genius move by general manager Don Sweeney. Uh, Rask has been able to excel getting the extra rest afforded to him by having Halak in there. Um, It's a luxury that the Bruins have to have these two starting level goalies in net, and it's really benefiting uh, both the skaters and the goalies uh, who can come in uh, rested, and the skaters know that um, there is no drop-off no matter who is in net, unlike other teams around the NHL. We all remember around this time last year, I guess it was in November, that Halak took over as a starter when Rask had to take a short leave of absence. Um, It really eased the burden on Rask, who only played 46 games last season, his lowest since 2012-13, which was a a lockout-shortened season. Just a few years ago, Halak was in the minors, playing for the uh, New York Islanders affiliate in Bridgeport, Um, and now he's back as an integral part of this team uh regular season success anyways and um you know there's always the risk that Rask could get hurt at some point and he'll be called upon to play in the playoffs but uh for now that one two punch that the Bruins have in net is uh, a huge reason why they are the number one team in the league uh right now uh, as for Halak he said I can't say anything bad about this team talking about the the Bruins, they support me. I support everyone over here. It's just been great being part of this group. Last season, we obviously didn't finish the way we wanted, but I think this year we believe we can win. Not saying we are playing our best hockey every night because that's impossible. It's a long season. You're going to have ups and downs, but for the most part, I think we've been playing really well. Carolina is a good team. He said they proved last year. Even this season, they're proving it again. We managed the puck well in our zone. They had some looks we managed for me to see them for the most part and had some huge blocks. So again, he's crediting his defense for that, which is really nice. Um, Again, for the third straight game, I believe the Bruins failed to score in the first two periods of the game. It was uh, 0-0 through 40 minutes last night. And then uh, Charlie Coyle scored on a nifty feed uh, from... Uh, who got the assist on that one? Uh, from Brad Marchand with 4.05 remaining. And then shortly thereafter, um, David Krejci tipped home a Charlie McAvoy slapper from the point to give the Bruins all the offense on they need. Just to go back to that uh, Slavin non-goal, uh, Halak said he was shocked because he s- saw the post really well. In my head, I was like, there's no way that went in. Took a closer look, and there was a hole uh, from his stick, I guess, that uh, created that hole, he said. Uh, might have happened to warm-ups or someone stepped on it, but they reviewed it, and obviously it was a good call. I mentioned Coyle and Krejci uh, chipped in the goals. Uh, I've said it before on the podcast as well that the Bruins seem to have the ability to uh, hang with teams uh, throughout the course of the game. If it's a close game or they're trailing behind, they just tend to get the offense when they need it. Um, Their skill level kind of rises to the top. Again, this game was pretty tightly contested through 40 minutes, through 50 minutes, through 55 minutes. And then uh, finally they were able to get 
that timely offense and to emerge uh, victorious. Cassidy kind of echoed that in his post-game comments. He said, we know how to play when the game is on the line. Still focusing on our start. I didn't think it was poor last night, he said, but piecing together 60 minutes. um, You've seen here the home games, especially we've really stepped it up when we needed to. It's a sign of a good team. No team is going to have it together for 60 minutes every night. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, They're building like everyone else, trying to win games, play full 60 minutes, but certainly the top guys, uh, they play in the final minutes and they just have a knack for stepping up and getting the job done uh, when necessary. Krejci's goal was his uh, 200th of his career. Um, He said, it's just a number at the end, not something that I'm particularly interested in or chasing. I'm just happy we won here to help the team. Haven't really thought about it yet. He now has 16 points in his last 13 games and has really stepped up in Bergeron's absence. Uh, the Bruins now, I believe, are 6-0-1 with Bergeron out of the lineup. And in the same way that it's nice to have uh, Halak and Rask kind of 1-2 uh, in net, having Krejci being able to step up uh, as the number one center from his regular uh, second line center spot is is a huge luxury for this team as well. And now to be able to throw Coyle in that mix as well is uh, is a wonderful thing. In terms of possession-wise, it was a fairly even game. Uh, 49-48 advantage for uh, the Hurricanes in terms of shot attempts in all situations. So a slight 51% advantage for the Hurricanes. Uh, but again, uh, Halak stood strong when necessary and the Bruins uh, were able to get that timely offense uh, when they needed to. With the win, the Bruins remain level with the Washington Capitals with 45 points atop the NHL standings. The Capitals uh, were also in action last night beating the San Jose Sharks 5-2 out on the West Coast. The Bruins do have a game in hand and they also have the advantage in terms of goal differential. They're at plus 36 uh, the Capitals plus 24. Uh, worth noting, the Bruins' last regulation loss came against the Detroit Red Wings, and they're at minus 56 in terms of goal differential. So a huge swing there. Uh, but hockey's just weird that way sometimes. Bruins 9-0-1 in their last 10 overall, and they will now host uh, the Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday and the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday. It's time now to open up the mailbag, as we do every Wednesday here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I sent out a call for mailbag questions uh, late in the game last night, and there were a couple having to do with Yaroslav Halak. Um, Specifically, one came from uh, Zach Brooks, 29, and uh, there was another one, but I can't remember who sent it in. Anyways, the question is, what happens with Halak after this year? Kind of will the Bruins be able to hold on to him? Uh, again, he is in the final year of a two-year deal worth $2.75 million. He's 34 years old. He's certainly playing like a number one goaltender, as um, Bruce Cassidy mentioned after the game last night. The Bruins do have um, some free agent issues to deal with, even after uh, the re-signing of Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner. Uh, Halak is one of 
four UFAs on the roster. Tori Krug is obviously the big question. Uh, Zdeno Chara needs another contract, uh, yet to, to be determined if he will return, I suppose. And Joaquim Nordstrom will also be in need of a new contract, whether or not the Bruins uh, seek to retain him or try to fill that fourth line hole with uh, some youth or uh, someone else. On the, on the open market, who might be a bit cheaper than Nordstrom. Uh, Anders Bjork, Jake DeBrusque, and Matt Grizzlick are also restricted free agents. So chances are um, Halak will command more than 2.75 on the open market. You see how equally he and Rask are playing right now. Rask is making $7 million, uh, for one more season after this one. Um, so you have to wonder whether the Bruins will maybe ride Rask next season and bring up a guy like uh, Kyle Kieser as his eventual replacement slash backup. Uh, they do have some, um, goaltending in the pipeline, which will be relied upon perhaps in the future. I mentioned Kieser, uh, Maxime Legacy has been playing well for the Providence Bruins, he's also a UFA. Daniel Vladder will need a new contract as a restricted free agent. Uh, all that to say, I would expect that the Bruins will have some challenges retaining Yaroslav Halak unless he is uh, willing to take the kind of hometown discount that others have uh, for the Bruins. Um, maybe a lot of it depends on Tory Krug, what the Bruins have to pay him. Um, if his contract is exorbitant and the Bruins decide to keep him and pay him upwards of seven to eight million, then yeah, Halak's likely gone. But if um, they're able to sign um, Krug at a cheaper rate and kind of bridge DeBrusque Bjork, then it's possible that they could convince Halak to come back on a one-year deal. But um, as of right now, I'm going to say it's unlikely, and that another team around the league with goaltending issues will probably come knocking on Halak's door with uh, a more lucrative contract than what the Bruins will be able to retain him at. Another question comes from Donna at Wallaby. Why, 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 why she asks pancakes or waffles. Great question, Donna. I have a gluten allergy, so uh, it takes a special kind of flour for me to have either, but I am a, a pretty big pancakes guy at the end of the day. Spencer Fashetta at Puck Nerd Hockey asks, why is John Moore? Great question. We have John Moore close to returning from uh, injury. He is on the payroll for three more seasons at the same rate that Jaroslav um, Halak is commanding right now, $2.75 million. He's currently on LTIR. But it seems as though he might be ready to return as early as Thursday against the Blackhawks, in which case the Bruins will have some finagling uh, to do. They have seven defensemen currently active on the roster with uh, Camphor and Clifton, the likely odd men out if Moore is clear to return. Uh, Clifton, as I mentioned on the podcast yesterday, he needs to go through waivers in order to be returned to Providence. Uh, I would think the Bruins would be reluctant to um, take that route. If they decide to uh, send Camphor down, if he goes on waivers, I wouldn't think they'd be too concerned about losing him. Um, but 
you know, um, some decisions to be made by Don Sweeney. I don't, I don't hate John Moore per se. I think he, um, is maligned by Bruins fans just because of the length of his contract five years for uh, a guy of his ilk seemed a bit excessive. Perhaps he had four goals and nine assists in 61 games for the Bruins last season, career high of 22 points in 63 games with the devils back in 2016, 17. I think he has the ability to be a solid defenseman with, um, some offensive capabilities, um, his age and his contract, uh, how old is he? He's yeah, 29. So I know it's not a terrible contract, but, um, with the youth that they have coming up, um, I don't know what his status is on the roster or really yeah why why is he that's a great question we'll have to think about that a bit more keep in mind um kevin miller may also be soon cleared to return although he suffered a setback so uh questions on the blue line for the bruins with an abundance of defensemen never a bad thing as we know injuries come up so um expect some guys to be sent down uh, if they're picked up on waivers then fare thee well but for now, uh, looks like John Moore will be back sooner than later. And Clifton may be the odd man out when it comes to uh, decision-making for um, Cassidy and Sweeney. Cassidy, I think, will put Clifton in the press box. Sweeney might have to wave Camphor to be clear on, on how I'm answering that. Um, Kendra at Otter Puckery, she asks, do you think... You're going to survive if the Bruins keep playing the way they are. Well, to be quite honest, the Bruins are really helping my survival techniques right now. They're good for my mental health. They're winning. They're fun to watch. Um, November, December games don't really raise my stress level too much. We've been blessed with success with this team in recent years. It's not really until, you know, April, May, June, where my blood pressure starts to rise with this team. And uh, it's, you know, a cider per period while I'm watching the games. Right now, they're just fun to watch. And uh, I'm really excited about this team. Probably the best Bruins team of my lifetime. And I'm just going to enjoy it while it lasts. Micah Malloy at Micah underscore Angelo asks, The Bruins look to be poised. For a special season, what potential speed bumps do you see coming along to put a damper on that? Um, I don't anticipate any speed bumps. Um, the one thing that I would um, not expect, but um, I would, you know, think is always a possibility would be injuries, uh, a significant injury to say Marchand or Pasternak uh, would be detrimental to this team's uh, success. We're seeing that. They're more than staying afloat without Patrice Bergeron, uh, 6-0-1 in his absence. Um, so the team is very deep and able to fill in holes when those injuries come up. Um, you know, if Rask is hurt, then Alak will step in. Uh, that would obviously cause a bit of a trickle-down effect as um, they would have to rely on him more, maybe not start the backup as much. So an injury to one of the goaltenders would be significant. An injury to Marchand or Pasternak would be significant. But other than that, um, I don't 
anticipate any other speed bumps. I don't know if Tory Krug's contract situation will be a distraction. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I can see. Uh, William Nickerson at Squill Bill. Um, he said Marsh and Coyle Heinen looked awesome. They were deployed a bit last night by Cassidy. What's the chances we see more of that? Well, Bergeron is out. Um, I'd say pretty good. They looked really dominant. Um, and put we can put Pasta and Krejci together as well um, with DeBrusque. So, yeah, the Bruins have that flexibility. Um, these guys are talented enough to adapt on the fly um, and um, can create matchup nightmares for the opposition. Once Bergeron's back, having that third line uh, with Coyle and Heinen will really be uh, a force to be reckoned with, I believe. He also asked, what did you do for your birthday? I think I mentioned it the other day, but quickly recap. Yeah, my birthday was on Sunday, December 1st. Uh, we went out for a um, gin tasting at a local distillery called Dixon's. Uh, we went out to see the uh, Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie, which is fantastic, and I can't recommend it enough. And then we went out for dinner to an Indian restaurant. And came home and watched the Bruins beat the Canadians. So overall, a very perfect day. Thank you for asking, Will. And thank you for sending in your mailbag questions, which we'll revisit again next week. And it's time now for the daily dose of news and notes from around the NHL. The big news on, uh, what was yesterday, Tuesday, was the Devils firing head coach John Hines, uh, replacing him with... Alant Nezredin on an interim basis uh, didn't help in the interim as the Devils uh, lost 4-3 to the Vegas Golden Knights. The Devils continue to, uh, I guess we can't really call it a poor start anymore. They just don't look very good. Um, and Ray Shiro has some more decisions to make as the season goes on, I believe. Uh, elsewhere, former uh, player Akeem Alou believes big changes are coming to the NHL after he was able to meet with Commissioner Gary Bettman and other officials at the league's office in Toronto on Tuesday. Uh, Alou claimed that Bill Peters, uh, as we all know, uh, made racial remarks to him a decade ago, leading to the latter's uh, stepping down last week as head coach of the Calgary Flames. There were also some uh, allegations of physical abuse made against Peters as we have been talking about. Um, Frank Saravelli of TSN reports some of the topics discussed at the meeting included comprehensive harassment and discrimination policy, whistleblower and retaliation protection for players, encouraging more diversity and inclusion, breaking the culture of silence uh, in the NHL's coaching and management ranks, just making it safer for players to um, come forward if there are other uh, instances of racism or abuse or homophobia uh, in the locker room and elsewhere, even behind the bench, as we've been seeing. The NHL Coaches Association released a statement also affirming there is no room for abusive behavior by coaches at any level. They're working with the league and with the NHL Players Association to ensure respectful working environments for everyone. In a little twist of irony, Mike Babcock and Bill Peters are representatives of the NHL's Coaches Association, um, so no word on whether 
they have been removed from those positions in the interim. If you look at the LinkedIn page for the NHL Coaches Association, you see that um, Peters and Babcock are both on the executive committee. That was pointed out on Twitter by a friend of the show, Ashley, at Ash on Ice. So interesting little wrinkle there. To end today's show on a positive note, I wanted to mention if you haven't heard about the Mark Borowiecki story, uh, it is uh, quite a neat one. The Ottawa Senators defenseman became an unlikely hero after breaking up an attempted theft on Sunday in uh, Vancouver. Borowiecki, he's an alternate captain with the Senators. He was in Vancouver in advance of the team's game against the Canucks last night. Um, he was in the Gastown area shopping for baby clothes when uh, he saw a suspicious guy kind of shuffling around and he had a bike with him. Borioeki heard a huge bang. He hears a blue Chevy Impala. The passenger side windows shattered and he saw that the man uh, on the bike was wrestling a large hiking backpack out of the car. He yelled at him to stop. Uh, Borioeki said, I was like, put the bag down bro and he was yelling and swearing at me telling me to go away and stuff um borowiecki crossed the street towards the man repeatedly telling him to stop he started running towards him because i knew he was going to take the bag uh borowiecki said the man then climbed onto his bike and tried to get away he took three hard pedals toward me i don't know if he thought he was going to ram me or thought i was going to jump out of the way Uh, i had my baby stuff in my right hand so with my left arm i just sort of uh, reflex like I'll clear the air. Basically, what he did was clothesline the man off his bike uh, with baby clothes in one hand, reached out with his left hand, knocked the man off his bike. Um, he said his first thought was that if he destroys the guy and gets hurt, what are the legal ramifications? Because he is obviously a big guy, he could have done some damage. So he said, I'll try to do this as gently as I can. Hooked my left arm under his arm and pulled him off the bike to the ground. The suspect did flee, but Borowiecki was able to hold onto the bag, which had some valuables like passports inside. Uh, He was commended by Vancouver Police Chief Adam Palmer, though he cautioned he didn't want to see the public put themselves at risk by following the defenseman's lead. Don't want any vigilante justice on the streets of Vancouver just for uh nhl defenseman only i know he's a young fit guy and took this guy into custody i appreciate what he did but for other citizens you always have to be cautious when you're doing that better to be a witness and call us his crime fighting if it doesn't work out in the hockey field we're always recruiting uh so a pretty cool story from the senators borowiecki uh, he was able to connect with the owner of the bag found out that they were leafs fans Uh, But he said he was happy to help, nevertheless. That's today's Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time to uh, listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, delivering content on your favorite hockey team every single day. You can download, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts. Please tell a friend or family member about the podcast today. And, uh, yeah. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can follow me at Ian C. McLaren. And we will catch up again tomorrow to preview Thursday night's game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Take care, friends.